Good morning, good morning, good morning. We have a baptism that we're getting ready to engage in, and let's give God the praise for this wonderful opportunity. We take wonderful delight in what God is getting ready to do in this moment. I'm going to ask that our ushers will continue to provide leadership on where you're going to be sitting. Please, ma'am, please serve. Uh, follow the directions of the ushers. We're certainly delighted that you're able to join us. If you're from the same household, you can sit together. Amen. If you're from the same household, you can sit together. If not, we ask that you will practice uh, physical distancing as far as that is concerned. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give God praise for our candidate for baptism. We have Isaac with us, and God is to be praised as far as this wonderful opportunity is concerned. And your heart is beating. You, you take this seriously, don't you? Amen. 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 But Isaac, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you still want to be baptized and become a part of the Lord's church here at St. Paul? Yes. going to ask for uh, Minister Erica Miner. She's going to open us up as far as worship is concerned. Amen. Let's have church. Amen. Good morning, St. Paul family. I'm grateful to still see people on the screens, but it's beautiful to see a house full of faces this morning. Yes. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Not only are you in the house for the first time in over a year, but you're in the house and you got to witness someone give their life to the Lord. And not just any life, but one of our children. Even in a pandemic, people are still being convinced to love the Lord and make him their savior. That is something to rejoice about this morning. Oh, we are grateful to be in the house this morning. We have come here to give thanks and worship our Lord and praise him because not only has the Lord been good to us this past year, but the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Y'all here this morning, if you want to remain standing, you can sing along with the choir as they lead us in wonderful words of life.
Amen. We're going to lead into our scripture this morning. But before we do, for those of you who are worshiping with us online, we're grateful to have you with us this morning. We see you in the chats. Uh, take an opportunity to post where you are worshiping with us from. We would love to know city, state, or country that you are worshiping with us from this morning. So take time to do that. Post a selfie if you like. Get into the worship experience with us. For those of you um, who are able, please turn in your Bibles to the book of Zechariah. We'll be reading beautiful, wonderful words from Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Zechariah 4, 1 through 6. And it reads, Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I am looking and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord of Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The word is already blessed. Let us go to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you for meeting us here this morning. Lord, we thank you for already being in the atmosphere. We thank you for your presence and for your love. Lord, we are grateful in advance for what you are going to do in this worship atmosphere, Lord. Lord, we thank you for those who are at home or about on their jobs who are worshiping with us this morning. But Lord, we thank you for the presence of people in this sanctuary as well. But we know no matter where we are, your presence is in the midst of those who are worshiping you. Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the hymns. We thank you for being in our hearts. Lord, open us up this morning that, so that you can pour in and so we can receive all that you have for us. We thank you for being a mighty God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated.
Amen. Many of you are wonderful people that are sitting here this morning. Thank you so much for being here with us. It's so good to see people in the house of God this morning. Amen. Really is. Many of us have said yes to Jesus and are here praising his wonderful name this morning. So it's good to see all of you in the house. Man, it's, it's a lot more alive when we have some people in the seats. I got to tell you what, it is nice. So welcome, welcome. It is good to see all of you and welcome to those that are joining us right now. Uh, I want to say hi to all of the children and youth that are watching uh, right now. This will be the part of our service where we do the impact moment. Uh, this is the moment where I get to speak to the kids on uh, a message that I believe God wants to say to them that is found in his word. Um, and before I begin, I just want to go ahead and congratulate um, Isaac Eason again. And, and uh, man, just can we give a round of applause for the wonderful decision that he made to say yes, to say yes to Jesus and to say yes for the rest of his life, man. And I think that's wonderful, brother. I've, I've enjoyed the conversations I've had with you, man. Mom and dad, congratulations. Good to see you, Maddie. Wonderful. Guys, this morning, the title of our impact moment will be this. It will be called Mind Control. Mind Control. Uh, our memory verse today comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 5. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, which says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit our bottom line today, the main point I want you to get from today's message is this. Let God be what you think about the most. Let God be what you think about the most. My question for us this morning and for you all watching is, have you ever seen someone practice mind control? Have you ever seen it? Chances are you probably haven't, but you may have seen it in the movies or in a TV show. It's normally where someone's entire mindset or the way that they think is controlled by someone else. Now, don't worry, no spoilers are, are coming, but I wanted to point your attention to the wonderful series that is on Disney Plus called Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It is one of my favorite TV shows, and if you know that show, then you know that the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, he had had his mind controlled by the enemies called Hydra, who fought against Captain America and the Avengers. Now, in the show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Bucky is trying to recover in therapy from his past life. When he was under evil mind control, he used to kill and destroy people and things. He was full of violence and hatred because this evil power had a hold on him. Now, in the show, he has to deal with the effects of his past life and what he has done. But through this new show, you can see that he has the potential to have his own version of positive mind control, to take back his life and to live it to help people, not hurt them. You see, mind control can be used for bad purposes, but this morning I believe it can also be used for good purposes too. Now, what do I mean by this? If I can tell you guys something and be honest with you this morning, there are times that I wish I had my own mind control that I wish I could control my own mind. I'm in need of some mind control the way I think about things in life. My thoughts often run marathons in my head. Now, what I mean by this is your youth pastor has this amazing superpower to overthink things, every possible decision in every situation. From what new pair of shoes to buy to what candy I'll get at the store to how well I did on my Old Testament school paper I wrote for school, my thoughts can run wild, y'all. 
See, we all need to be mindful of the way our thoughts go and what they point towards what we think about. Because if we're not careful, Satan, he often tries to use these thoughts that we have in our minds and he uses them to go against us and to cause us to sin. Even if we've been saved by Jesus, there'll be times our sinful nature wants to show back up. If we don't take action against them, we'll start to go back to giving into sin instead of following Jesus. Yet still, sin may be able to affect our hearts and minds, but God has the power to transform them both for his good. We need to let God take control, y'all, because thinking about him and what he wants for our lives is the best thing we can do. Again, our bottom line, let God be what you think about the most. Paul says again, guys, in Romans 8, 5, those who are dominated by the sinful nature Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Well, Paul, in this chapter of Romans, and in this passage in particular, he calls special attention to the Holy Spirit here. Okay, and he paints two different pictures for us. One picture is of our life without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit. Without him, sin has a hold of our lives. We'll act more selfishly, doing things for ourselves, and our thoughts will look different as well. Sin will cause our thoughts to be more impatient, less loving, more angry, more arrogant, and less humble. And sin will cause us to worry about things that we don't need to instead of trusting in the Lord. But when you come to know Jesus, when we come to know Jesus, God transforms our hearts, our minds, and our life. He defeated sin's power through his son's Jesus' sacrifice, and new life can be found in Jesus. You see, Jesus was able to take control of his thoughts because he was so close to God. Each day, Jesus thought about how he could please his heavenly father. When Jesus encountered sin, he chose God. He chose that way of life. So daily, Jesus talked to God. He studied his word. His life was full of peace and joy because he trusted in God. Now, guys, if we want to take control of our hearts and our minds, we've got to continue to let go of what we want. We have to continue to let go of that sinful nature, realizing that it is that sinful nature that causes us to go against God. But a life with God is meant for so, so much more. Amen? So much more. Our minds need to be continually transformed and renewed each day, and this doesn't stop. For you, that might mean this upcoming summer looks a whole lot different after school ends. Now, what do I mean? See, maybe it means you find a book of the Bible to go through with mom and dad this summer. Maybe it means you decide to begin listening to more worship music throughout your day. Maybe it means you challenge yourself to begin every day with a word of prayer for you to love God and to love others better than you did the day before. The only way we'll take control of our minds is if we actively seek Jesus Christ. We need to be active in feeding our minds and our hearts with the spiritual truth that is God's holy word. We need to look for new ways to love God and to love other people because if we don't feed our spirits with the love of God and his word, we'll find ourselves seeking things other than God. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Man, this is the fruit. This is the life that God has called us to. Guys, it's time. It is time for a good kind of mind control. And that comes from the spirit of God that's in you and me. It's time to let God be what we think about the most. Amen.
Will you join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, God, I humbly come before you, Lord, and I thank you so, so very much for your wonderful love for us, God, a love that causes us to think about what our lives were like before we knew this love. God, I pray, Lord, that every children and youth, every, every parent, every person watching right now, God, in this message would see, God, man, that there is a good kind of mind control. And God, man, that comes from letting you have more control in our lives, over our thoughts, over our hearts, over our mind. Man, so that you, God, can be who is glorified by the way that we live. We love you, Lord. Help us to love you a little bit more each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Reverend C, for that word. And uh, we give God praise for um, your moment. At this time, I'm going to ask if we could put our hands together for Isaac Emmanuel Eason. I'm going to ask that he would come forward at this time. Isaac, you're looking sharp, man. Yeah, you looking sharp. You, you looking sharp. I may have to steal that time, man. Um, first of all, I tell you what I'm going to do. Um, Peyton is the one that really talked to you about what it meant to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we are so humbled and honored to have welcomed you and baptized you into the family of God. And what baptism basically means is that you have now let the world know you want to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, doesn't mean you're going to do everything right. Doesn't mean that you're going to uh, be perfect. But what it does mean is that you want to grow as far as that relationship is concerned. And so uh, I want to commend Peyton for talking with you and for uh, helping you to make that decision. And uh, we are honored to have you here in the church. So I'm going to ask Peyton to present to you with your Bible and your certificate, and uh, he's going to do that at this time. Isaac, you were the man, bro, and uh, I want to tell you guys, um, is, you mind if I share a little piece of our conversation that we had? No? Well, man, well, I'll tell you what, guys, when, when uh, Isaac and I were talking about, um, and just what it means to accept Jesus, and he made that decision for himself, man, he was so pumped. Dude, you wanted to go carve it into a tree, you said, right? <laughs> He was so pumped, man. This kid has a heart and a passion for Jesus. Man, I love you, brother. And I think, man, any, 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 any parts of this, man, that you don't understand or need help with, you know, you can definitely come to me and talk with me about it or talk with mom and dad because I know they got a good passion and a heart for scripture as well, given off how they've raised you, all right? So, man, buddy, I, I want to present you with this certificate. Just lets you know you were baptized and that this awesome day happens. And remember what we talked about. Man, you don't have to know everything, bro. We're going to get to know it. We're going we're gonna to get to know God more and more each day. And I'm happy to walk with you through it, man. Love you, bro. You go, man. <laughs> Come on, let's give God praise for Isaac. And what a blessed joy uh, it was for me to to baptize him. I want to welcome all of you who have joined us on this Pentecost Sunday. 
and we thank God for you being in the house this morning. I, amen. You can go ahead and give God praise. <clears throat> we sent out an invitation to 120 people. This is Pentecost Sunday, and the Bible talks about how on the day of Pentecost, 120 were in the upper room. And so we sent out an invitation to the first 120 people to sign up, and um, that was taken care of in less than eight hours of uh, that extension. Now, let me just put it out there because, um, again, folks like to invent stuff. Church ain't open yet. We're just doing some soft test runs, so ain't nobody going to be here except the regular 20 next week. Um, so church is not open. We're going to be doing some soft openings along the way uh, for certain days uh, that we invite uh, a certain number of people to, to come and share as we work out what church will look like once we come back. So uh, don't expect, please do not come to church next Sunday because you ain't going to get in unless you're working as far as that's concerned. So I want to put that out there. We did it last week for Women's Day. We're doing it this week for Pentecost, um, but we will not be doing it until I make that special announcement. So please, ma'am, please, sir, hear me and hear me well on that. I want to just... Um, uh, give major kudos as far as our successful curbside pickup for Sunday morning live and communion on yesterday. And we also celebrate the retirement of Brother Jerry Archibald as teacher for our men's class. Let's give God praise for him. <laughs> Just want to also let you know that uh, for Deacon's Family Scholarship, the Deacon's Family Schol uh, Ministry Scholarship application for 2021 is available online is available. This scholarship is, is for currently enrolled students. And if you're interested, contact Pat Chambers at pattycake0812 at att.net or Levon Sessoms at lsess at hotmail.com for the application. Submission date is June the 1st, uh, 2021. We also want to recognize all of our students who have been promoted from preschool to kindergarten, from kindergarten to elementary, from elementary to middle school or junior high school, and from middle or junior high school to high school. Uh, this program will take place right after the worship service um, that ends in a parade fashion. We're looking forward to celebrating your achievements, and I believe that's going to be on the um, second Sunday as far as uh, this year is concerned. Also, we just want to recognize all of our graduates from high school, community college, um, undergrad, and those who have obtained graduate degrees. Um, we're going to recognize you on the fourth Sunday of June. The deadline for submissions is Sunday, June the 13th. You can register. Uh, those who register by the deadline will be recognized during our graduation recognition worship service on the fourth Sunday of June. Our guest preacher for that Sunday is the Reverend Dr. Brianna K. Parker, the CEO and founding curator for Black Millennial Cafe. And of course, uh, we certainly want to lift up and highlight and celebrate uh, staff person, uh, Reverend Dr. now, Marco McNeil, who uh, had a virtual graduation on yesterday where he um, obtained the Doctor of Ministry Degree, So we celebrate it and we lift him up as well. Also, we have uh, coming up a debt-free life group that will be gathering to learn to discuss behaviors and tools and scriptures to help us identify our financial vulnerabilities and break free from the oppression of debt. 
This interactive study will strengthen our ability to be confident and skillful stewards of our finances. Uh, Minister Erica Miner is going to be leading that small group. The dates are June the 15th through July the 20th on Tuesday evenings from 6.30 to 8.30. You can register by going to our website and checking out the small groups as far as that's concerned. And then we have financial fitness for college-age individuals. If you are a high school graduate, college student, or a recent college graduate who desires to live a prosperous, debt-free life, uh, we have just what you need to achieve this goal. Uh, the Debt-Free Life Group is hosting to be young, gifted, and debt-free. Financial fitness, a five-week course for college-age individuals. The facilitator is uh, Sister Karen Archibald. Those dates will be June the 8th through July the 6th on Tuesday evenings from 6.30 to 7.30. The cost is $10 for your study materials, and you can register today by going to stpaulbaptist.church, check out the small groups, and register as far as that's concerned. The last thing I want to share with you, for those that are watching us on live, uh, online rather, um, as well as those that are in the house, we have a totally new media ministry team right now. We need some more people who feel led to be a part of that particular ministry to work here on Sunday mornings and special worship services. It is no longer just a ministry. This is a production, and there are a lot of things that go into that. And so if you're interested in participating, operating cameras, our graphics, as well as technical direction, uh, contact Sister Camise Noel at C-A-M-E-S-E dot N-O-E-L at Yahoo dot com. And she can let you know what else you can do as far as making that a working reality. We need more people to join our team uh, and help us to do the very best that we can as far as uh, making sure that the Lord's work go out with five-star quality with a high level of excellence. Amen. As we prepare to move forward as far as our worship experience is concerned, we just want to let you all know that uh, we have several prayer concerns we want to lift up to you right now. The family of Sister Deborah Henderson, the sister of Disciple Johnny Henderson, her services were Friday in Southern Pines, North Carolina. The family of Brother Willie Bolton, the brother-in-law of uh, Sister Patricia Love, his services were Monday at Alexander Funeral Home. The family of Brother Robert McKinney, the son of Disciple Hazel Patterson, uh, his services were Tuesday at Greer Funeral Home. And the family of Brother Bobby Ursary, the nephew of uh, Disciple Sylvia Audrey and David Audrey, uh, and the family of Disciple Chastity Stewart, the daughter of Disciple Rosie Carter, um, as well. We want to keep those families lifted up in prayer. As far as hospitalizations are concerned, we want to continue to lift up uh, Brother Adrian Amos, uh, Sean Crawford, Gina Pettis-Dean, uh, our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond, Philip Dunstan, Bacola uh, Knight, uh, Anthony Farr, uh, Bridget Truesdale, and Rhonda White. Rhonda had surgery on Thursday. We're glad that that surgery went well. I believe that Sister Bridget Truesdale also had a procedure on last week as well. So we want to continue to lift those persons uh, who have, we've been shared with a pressing need. And of course, 
our second shut-in list is scrolling as far as the screen is concerned. So as we move forward, I'm going to ask that Minister Erica Miner will come and uh, take us to the throne of grace as we sense what God will do in this moment. Almighty God, we thank you for being our friend. Lord, we thank you for being a friend, not just when times are good and when we have things to rejoice over. Lord, we thank you for being our friend when we need comfort, when we are going through times of duress, when we are going through the low periods in our life. We thank you for being a friend that listens and a friend who cares about everything. Lord, we thank you that you hear us each and every day. We thank you, when you hear, that you hear us when we cry out and call on your name. Lord, we thank you because you know us and you love us. Even when we question why you love us, Lord, you love and you wrap your arms around us every single day. Lord, we come to you today because we know that you hear us and that you are the one we can call on to heal us. We know that you are the one we can call on to transform us on the inside. We know that you are the one that we can call on when we need help, Lord. And we cry out to you today for help. We need help in our situations. We need your guidance. We need to hear your word. We need to see your promises answered, Lord. We have so much that we are dealing with as we walk through and journey through this life. And we know that you are the only one who can hold our hand through every situation. Situation. And we thank you for holding our hands as we try to persevere and stay strong in all of our situations. Lord, we come to you today trusting 100% in you. We trust in you and we are waiting on you to answer prayers. We're waiting on you to change situations. We're waiting on you to heal bodies and deliver people and to transform hearts and lead them closer to you, Lord. We thank you for using us as your vessels. Lord, we thank you for filling us up on the inside and giving us purpose to operate in this life, to be the light that others need to see to bring them closer to you, Lord. But we are grateful that we have you as a friend. We are so grateful that you love us on the inside, that you clean us up when we are dirty and filthy. We thank you so much because you are forgiving and because you see us and the potential within us to be better. Lord, help us each and every day to be better versions of ourselves so we can glorify you, so we can serve you, so we can serve your people, Lord. Lord, we thank you for bringing us so far, Lord. We thank you for bringing us through a pandemic. And although we know it's not over yet, Lord, we get one more day in your presence. We are grateful for that. And we love you for that. Lord, we love you. Oh, we love you so much. And we are grateful on this day. Ah, in your mighty name, Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you feel like your prayers being answered, can you give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserve? Amen. Amen. I'm trying to get used to having folks in front of me. Um, you all have to excuse me, um, but this is, this is something that we have to get used to because for the most part, for 15 months, it's just been 20 people in here, so we're glad to have you here with us, but this is something 
to get used to. So one of the things that we got to get used to is how we're going to do our offering. And so as we prepare to give, of course, there are those that are watching us online as well as those that are in the house. And there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul Church. The first way is that you can either bring your check or money order or cash to the church. Uh, and then if you decide to do that during the week, call the church at 704-334-5309. Make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The second way is you can mail that to the church, uh, check or money order, and at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. You can also give through ACS or church online through our website. And then the other way you can give is through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, you can download that app to your smart device. And in three clicks, you can give. Now, here in the church, uh, as we prepare to give, um, let me see how many of you all will be bringing your offering down so I know how to do this. How many of you all have a physical offering in your hand? Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask in just a moment uh, if you would, um, uh, we're going to, like I said, I'm doing some test stuff. So uh, uh, we'll just collect those offerings. I'm not going to even have you to move, but we'll collect those offerings and we'll have them dumped into uh, one uh, particular trade. So um, Brother Rhodes and Brother George, if you all get one of those small buckets underneath and uh, once we uh, release uh, after prayer, uh, I have you all to just go and have people to pass those offerings down to the person closest to them. Amen. If you would take your offering, lift it to the sky, however you're going to give, and let's give to the Lord. Let's pray and then let's give unto the Lord. God, we come and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is concerned. It's something we don't take lightly. Thank you, God, for those who practice the discipline of giving tithes and offerings. Thank you, God, for those that give something. And then, God, we pray that you will continue to uh, impress upon the minds of those who feel like they don't have to give anything, that they can't beat you giving no matter how hard they try. Lord, if you would, take these gifts of ours and multiply it in a Godful way so that your word, your work, and your witness will go forth and people will come to the saving knowledge of who you are. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. For those that are in-house right now, if you would just pass your offering to the aisle that is closest to you, and uh, they will receive it. And then um, y'all work out how y'all will get it into the basket, and we will hear from our choir.
Thank you, brothers. Thank you, brothers, for your gift of music, your gift of song. We're certainly, I think that the brothers, are, along with me, we're trying to get used to having folks respond in some shape, form, or fashion. Thank you all so, so very, very much. I want to call your attention to what is called the, the Pentecost chapter of the Bible, Acts chapter 2. And it's a long passage of scripture that I will read for your hearing this morning. Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. And um, these words are printed in the New King James Version of the Word of God. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there were, appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking, saying, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. But these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant and on my maid servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great an awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. I want to preach for the time that is mine when God blows your mind. Uh, when God blows your mind. God is always moving behind the scenes of eternity to bring to pass divine purposes for humanity 
through an entity known as the church. The church is the main reason why the world has not gone totally chaotic. The church is the reason that God has not taken God's hands off of humanity. The church really serves as a buffer between the judgment and the wrath of God on a sinful humanity. Nevertheless, the church, the ecclesia, the, those who have been called from the darkness into the marvelous light, was conceived in the mind of God back into eternity. And it was spoken into existence in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, when Jesus made the proclamation based upon the confession of Peter, when he said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It is from this statement that Jesus moves towards fulfilling his earthly assignment as he faces the enemies of God at a hill called Calvary, as he pays the price and the debt for your sin and mine. However, too many preachers and too many people in the church think this is all Jesus wanted to do. Yes, the debt had to be paid, but something else had to take place. And even though Jesus handled the foes of God, there was still work to be done. The crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ took care of the problem and the penalty of sin, but it did not eliminate the impact or the effects of sin. In other words, even though the penalty of sin and death has been eradicated, the effects of sin and death still remain. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus did not rid the world of mean people, spiritual terrorists, a distorted creation, demonic activity, catastrophic climate change, or debilitating health conditions. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus did not get a racism, sexism, white supremacy, patriarchy, COVID-19, or disregard for subjective truth or even atheism. The crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus did not mean the enemy will just lie down and become passive while you and I engage in building the kingdom of God here on earth. I wish that was the case, Deacon Pearson, but it's not. And while I thank God for what Jesus did on that hill called Calvary, by paying the cost for our renewal, redemption, and reconciliation, we still have to live in this world and deal with the impact of sin, even though the power of sin has been stifled. God enters another covenant with humanity to raise us to a higher level of divine engagement and purposeful assignment. God has established the church, not the St. Paul church, but the universal church, and has pushed for a divine collaboration with a fallen, broken humanity to reclaim God's world. Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to have to leave you, but I'm going to send someone just like me who will dwell with you 
and empower you to do the things you never thought was possible or imaginable. And if the church is going to be the ultimate essence of the kingdom of God on earth, it will not be accomplished by your might or your power, but by my spirit. Therefore, this comforter, this paraclete, will come and bring everything I've shared with you to your memory so that as you operate and navigate in the world, you will be the best reflection of me because you have me in you. Just as my father and I are one, so will you and I be one because I will be in you. You may not understand how that's going to happen, but trust me. However, there's a problem with many people who attend the church in this postmodern COVID-19 age of the digital, digital, virtual space. Too many of us have a warped understanding of church and we have a distorted understanding of the role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of those who claim to be a part of the church. Too many church folks fail to grasp who they are and what they have been called, commissioned, and consecrated to do because you really don't understand who the Holy Spirit is and his participation in the lives of those who call Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. Can I go deep just for a moment? The, the, the problem with understanding who the Holy Spirit is and his role in the lives of believers is linked to a faulty understanding of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And this distortion is because there's a shift in our understanding of who God is and who we are in the light of the sacred story of Jehovah coming into human history to renew, reclaim, and redeem us. Here it is. The problem with so many of us, even those of you all who made your way out here today, is we have become so egocentric, so consumeristic, and so individualistic driven to the point where we got to have everything at our convenience in order to experience the presence of God. So for some, you can't even worship if the church ain't the right temperature. For others, you can't even worship if your favorite choir ain't singing. For some, you can't worship if your favorite preacher ain't preaching. For others, you can't worship if you don't feel good or happy. And nothing wrong with feeling good and nothing wrong with being happy. But feeling good and being happy does not promote spiritual growth and development. Uh, if we're going to be the church that Jesus wants us to be, it's going to be by his spirit. I, I contend, I contend one of the dangers in this postmodern, this uh, COVID-19 age, and, 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 and I'm afraid to say it, but I, I must be truthful. We're trying to make the church something that Jesus never intended for it to be. Let, let me let that set for a moment. We are trying to make the church something that Jesus never intended for it to be. 
Jesus never intended for the church to be your personal Burger King. Have it your way. Jesus never intended for the church to be your Walmart, Sam's Club, or Costco, where you just show up when you want to get your spiritual goodies and then don't come back until you run out. Um, uh, I hadn't had y'all in church, so I might as well go ahead and give it to you like it is. Um, here, 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 here is the problem. Worship ain't about you. Um, 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 uh, uh, worship is about God. And something has gone wrong when we read the Bible and think that the world revolves around us. So, something has gone wrong when we think that God's got to move to our music, dance to our tune, step to our beat, and meet us on our terms. Therefore, when you think that God has to move uh, at your request rather than moving in his sovereignty, you're going to miss the opportunity to become a partner with God in ushering in the kingdom of God. Uh, all I'm trying to let you know is that God wants to blow your mind. And, and, and as we gather as the people of God, be it in a physical space or in virtual space, God wants to blow your mind. After all the scriptures have been read, after all the singing has been done, after all the prayers have been rendered, after all the sermons that have been proclaimed, God wants to do something incredible and miraculous. And yet, I have to admit that even in 2021, that as we figure out how we're going to come back to church in some physical form, here it is, uh, you and I can't go back to what was. It's getting ready to get real quiet in here. In other words, God is moving to do something a little bit different than what we used to have before the pandemic. And I hope I, I hope I bless at least about 80 of y'all. I'll make 81 right now. That as God moves in bringing us back, don't come back with the same funky, greedy attitude you had before you left. Because it ain't about you, it's about God. And maybe God allowed for this pandemic to take place so that God could do a reset as far as not only the world is concerned, but as far as his church is concerned so that he can understand, y'all been playing with me for a long, long time and I had to set you aside so you'll understand what it don't look like when you can't come together. I'm here to let y'all know that God is always up to something. God is always up to something. And I'm here to let you know that I don't want church the way it was before the pandemic. Huh? I don't want church the way it was before the pandemic. I don't want church where people just show up, get a little singing, get a little preaching, and they don't change. I don't want church where folks show up and the Holy Spirit move and you sit there with your arms folded like we ought to be happy that you showed up. 
I don't want church where you feel like you got to have everything your way or you ain't going to come back. To hell with that. You can take that to the pit of hell. I want some folks who want to show up and see what the Lord going to do. I'm tired of us showing up trying to figure out how we're going to pay our bills. How much offering we're going to receive. Who's going to come with who. No, it ain't about that. It is about you showing up and letting God have God's way in your space and in your life so that you will change so you will be stretched so you will be pushed so you will be pulled so you will be strengthened so you will be empowered to do what you thought you never could do God is ready God is ready to blow your mind through you God is ready to blow your mind in you God is ready to blow your mind in spite of you Abraham uh, Cooper in his book on the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit leaves no footprints in the sand. Jesus left footprints in the sand because he was God in the flesh. He was God in human nature. When his disciples walked with him, they heard his voice. They could touch him on the shoulder. They could see the sand spilling over his feet as he trotted on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. But when the Holy Ghost shows up, he comes like a rushing mighty wind. Jesus says the wind blows where it wishes and you can hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it came from and you can't tell where it's going. You and I cannot capture the wind in a bottle. It's elusive. It's mysterious, but nonetheless, it's real. You can't see it, but every now and then you can feel it. You can't see it, but you see the impact of it. You see trees bending and swaying in the breeze. You see flags rustling. You see leaves racing in the air. You, you see the devastation here in North Carolina of when the mighty hurricane winds hit our shores and hit us on land. We see the ocean become violent in that storm. We are refreshed by the gentle zephyrs on a summer day. We know the wind is there. We can't see the wind, but every now and then, you and I ought to feel its impacts and be empowered by it. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. The Holy Spirit is invisible. The Holy Spirit is intangible. You can't put your hands on it, but he can put his hands on you. The, the, the spirit has the ability to bring order out of chaos. The spirit can bring beauty out of ugliness. The spirit can transform those of us who have been impacted by sin into paragons of morality and virtue. The Holy Ghost changes people's lives. The author of life also becomes the transformer of life. And because the spirit is mysterious. You and I can become vulnerable if we're not careful uh, to superstitions and distortions of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I with our saved, sanctified selves, if we don't get proper teaching and proper doctrine, we will think the Holy Ghost is one thing when really he's about something else. And that's how God blows our mind because I come to understand that God can use people you and I never thought God could use to accomplish major things for the sake of the kingdom. Luke Sets us straight when he introduces the birth of the church by the power of the spirit, 
when God blows the minds of the participants and the hearers. Check this out. In Matthew chapter 16, that was the conception of the church. But in Acts chapter 2, that's the birth of the church. Jesus has ascended to heaven to be on the right hand of God the Father until he comes back in what is called the second coming. There were 120 people in an upper room in Jerusalem engaging, watch this, in prayer for 10 days and 10 nights before the feast of Pentecost. Pentecost was a festival celebrated 50 days after Passover. Historian Josephus refers to it as the closing of the harvest season of wheat. However, for the church, it was the opening of a new model. It was the birthing of the church. And on the day of Pentecost, the book of Acts tells us, Dr. Luke writes, that a strong wind blew in that place. Tongues looked like tongues of fire were on the heads of 120 people in that upper room. Uh, there was a gathering of more folks who were in Jerusalem for the celebration of Pentecost that had come from all over Asia Minor, the Roman Empire, and Africa. They heard uh, the 120 people speaking in their language about the wonders of God through Jesus Christ. Somebody thought that they had had too much liquor to drink. However, Peter got up and started preaching. And as he preached, he talked about the prophecy of Joel that was being fulfilled in their midst. They were blown away. He ends the first part by proclaiming, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When I read this text, it messes with me because it shows me how God wants to blow our mind just like how God blew their mind back then. What can we unpack from this text that helps us to understand how God blows our mind. Here it is in verses 1 through 4. We see God blows our minds by showing up when we least expect God to show up. So right there in verses 1 through 4 in, in this text, the Holy Spirit comes while they're engaging in prayer. Jesus had told them, I want you to go wait in Jerusalem. You're going to receive power. You will receive power to be witnesses of me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The problem with his statement is that he does not tell them how long to wait. You missed your shout. Uh, uh, those men and women did not know what to look for. Those men and women did not know the power and how it was going to be formed and what it was going to take and how it was going to come and how it was going to happen. They had, watch this, no earthly idea what time this power would show up, how many days, how many weeks, or how many months it was going to take to receive this power. But they were under 
the vestige of Isaiah chapter 40. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increased strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is how you know the Holy Spirit is God. Because God may not come when you want God to come. But do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify? He's always on time. The Holy Spirit shows up on the day of Pentecost and takes the traditional Jewish celebration and transforms it into the birth of the church. What I like about God is that you and I cannot control God's timing. You and I cannot control God's agenda. Why? Because God is sovereign. That's what worship is all about. Because when God decides he wants to show up, that's when God will show up. And I believe I got 120 folks in the room. I'll make 121 that when he shows up he will show out sometimes God y'all gonna make me preach this morning sometimes I believe I got somebody that ain't afraid to testify sometimes God shows up after the pain has come sometimes God shows up after the rent is due if I'm on your couch just go ahead and stand up sometimes God shows up after the car has broken town sometimes God shows up after the doctor has given you bad news sometimes God shows up after the marriage has gone to hell sometimes God shows up after the papers have been signed for the divorce sometimes God shows up after you signed the bankruptcy discharge sometimes God shows up after you've been evicted sometimes God shows up after you've been left in the dark sometimes time God shows up after you've been left and forsaken. I don't know when he's going to show up. I don't know how he's going to show up, but I'm just glad he will show up. He may not come when you want him to come, but do I have 120 folks in the house that ain't afraid to testify, and those on screen join in with us. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Like dotted people said, he's an on-time God. Oh, help me preach this thing. Let me let me, let me, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, God will also blow your mind because God will have you dealing with folks who ain't nothing like you. That's right there in verses 5 through 13. Because um, um, uh, in the church, we like to deal with our cliques. Um, we we want to deal with folk who look like us, act like us, think like us, and talk like us. Uh, uh, there, there are folks who like the pastor click. And then there are folks who don't like the pastor click. Uh, uh, there are praise, praise clicks. And then there are some folks who don't want all that noise. Uh, there are clicks where, preacher, you better be done by noon. 
or I'm out of here. And then there are cliques who say, I don't care how long it takes. Uh, there are those who have been in the church for 30 years. And there are those who've been in the church for 30 days. Now, if it's up to us, we don't want to associate with folks who don't think like us. But in the text, the Holy Ghost will create a moment where you got to deal with folk you normally would avoid. Now, now, now when you read text, the Bible says that 120 people started speaking in tongues. <laughs> Can I do a little teaching for a moment? Um, now, now, this ain't the type of tongues you hear or see on social media. Uh, this is not the babbling where no one understood and you needed interpretation. This is not glossolalia. This is not the supernatural utterance that needs interpretation. This is not a private prayer language. In the Greek, the word tongues is diaklektos, D-I-A-K-L-E-T-O-S, which is where we get the modern word dialect. In other words, it's a language. Now remember that there were Jews from around the ancient world in Jerusalem. They were from Parthia, Medes, Elam, Judea, Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, and Rome, Phrygia, and Pamphylia. When the Holy Spirit moved, each of them heard the gospel in their own language. Now, if this is what the original meaning of speaking in tongues is all about, then that means that all of us in here have the capacity to speak in tongues. <laughs> Let me make that plain for y'all because y'all looking at me like I'm kind of suspect. Watch this. The first front is the communication with one another. Check this out. You can't have the Holy Ghost operating in your life, empowering you to speak a language to somebody else, and you can't speak to the person sitting beside you. You, you can't have the Holy Ghost operating in your life, working in your life, and you come to church always having a chip on your shoulder, always got a funky attitude where it always has to be about you. You can't have the Holy Spirit working in your life and you're always, always looking pitiful and sad and sorry and pathetic. But the second front is that when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, he empowers you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit moved in such a way until the gospel was communicated. Barriers were broken down. That's what speaking in tongues really mean. Let me, if, if I could, help you to understand what it means in today's society. That if a younger person communicates the gospel to an older person, and that older person is led to Christ, that young person has spoken in tongues. If somebody black communicates the gospel to somebody white, 
and that white person is led to Christ than that black person that's spoken in tongues. May I suggest that what Peyton did to Isaac was speak in tongues to Isaac while Isaac accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. If a poor person communicates the gospel to a rich person and that rich person is led to Christ, that poor person has spoken in tongues. If an older person can communicate the gospel to a younger person and that younger person is led to Jesus Christ, that older person has spoken in tongues. If somebody from the project shared a gospel with somebody from the country club and that country clubber accepts the gospel, then that person from the projects has spoken in tongues. Why? Because through the power of the Holy Ghost. Barriers come down. Language problems dissipate and God is able to use you in a major and a marvelous way to get the word across. What is the gospel? That Jesus Christ came down from heaven, died from your sins on an old rugged cross on a hill called Calvary, was dead for three days and God raised him up on the third day. Do I have anybody in here that know that the gospel of Jesus Christ still has power even in 2021. I, listen, listen. I, can, can I suggest something real quick, fast and in a hurry? The gospel needs no gimmicks. Let me say that again. The gospel needs no gimmicks. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. The gospel needs no gimmicks. You don't need to come up with some type of gimmick in order to get people to get saved. You don't need to be trying to play the prices right in order to get folks to get saved. You don't need to be trying to give folks toys and prizes and all of that in order to get folks saved. You just need to share the gospel with them and live in such a way until those people will want to know how is it that you're able to do what you do and you can tell them if it had not been for Jesus Christ in my life there's no telling where I would be right now there's no telling where I would be right now ah it's 12 o'clock And, and, um, 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 no, uh-uh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop right here. <laughs> um, the, the, the gospel God blows our minds when God uses us despite our mistakes from the past. Um, in the text, in the text, notice who got up and started talking. Peter. Peter, y'all know Peter. He, he, he rebukes the mockers who thought the 120 were drunk. And then he starts going biblical on them by quoting the writings of Joel. Peter mentions how God was going to pull out his spirit on all flesh. 
Men and women will become participants. Men and women. Men and women will become participants.